Welcome to Women Crush Wednesday's podcast, presented by Nywift, New York Women in Film and Television. We connect with women working above and below the line within the moving image industry to talk about the latest news in entertainment, exciting new film and television projects, and upcoming Nywift events. Here are your hosts, Janine McGoldrick and Leah Kearney. Janine, and I'm here with my co-host, Leah. Hi, everybody. Well, we are going to get right into our featured interview today. As you all know, the pandemic has hit our industry hard, with most production and distribution on hold. However, there is a section of the industry that may not have been hit as hard as others, and that is animation. And animation doesn't rely as much on live actors and in-person production to get the job done. So we wondered how animators have been doing during this time and what kind of pivots they may have had to have made. So to find out, Lee and I jumped on a chat with two NYWIFT members who are working in different areas of the animation field. That's right. Let me tell you a little bit about them. Carrie Hawks confronts self-imposed and external assumptions about identity in order to promote healing, particularly in relation to blackness, gender, and queer sexuality, identifying through the pronouns they, them, and theirs. They work in animation, drawing, collage, sculpture, and performance, often incorporating humor. Their film, Black Enough, was nominated for a New York Emmy, won Best Documentary Short at Transstellar Film Festival, was broadcast on American Public Television's World Channel in 2019, and screened at over 40 festivals, including Ann Arbor and Black Star. Carrie's currently working on the animated documentary Inner Wound Real, which relays the stories of three people of color who used self-harm in order to feel better, then seek out new ways to cope. Kristen Reiber-Harris is an artist, animator, and educator with a passion for sharing the treasures and insights of the natural world. During her 30-year career, she's created over 100 short-form educational animations that have been broadcast on HBO and screened in film festivals all over the country. Her latest, City Birds, is about finding friends when you move. In development are resource kits for each of the Animate Nature shorts on a new Vimeo showcase. These kits contain supplemental information and suggestions for related activities and prompts for art and storytelling activities. And in addition to creating animation for students and families, Kristen provides animation workshops to help students learn to animate their own experiences in nature. Now, please note the upcoming interview was recorded via a live Zoom chat so we could all see each other and speak easily. So the audio quality may not be at its best. Carrie, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, it's nice to be here. Nice to be here. And Kristen, very pleased to have you with us. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and Carrie. Well, we're excited to, to have a conversation about animation and how you are navigating this, uh, this crazy world that we're living in um, and how it's impacting your work and your careers. Um, we're particularly interested because animation is something that doesn't involve the same kind of live, um, that necessarily involve the same kind of live interaction that a lot of uh, film and uh, entertainment does. So, um, Carrie, if, if we can start with you, how has the, the whole COVID-19 um, 
world impacted you and your work? Um, well, I have uh, two avenues of work. One, I have a, a full-time job at Doctors Without Borders. So that work is luckily, thankfully, continuing and even ramping up a bit. Um, so the collaborating between coworkers for that is looking more like phone calls um, and less like actually filming something together. And then in my film work, um, I'm making an animated documentary, but part of that includes interviews, which I've done one over Zoom, but the other one, I'm trying to see if they would be open to doing it over Zoom because my plan was to travel to Texas to meet this person. So, um, yeah. Had you previous to the whole quarantine, had you been going into an office or going into work more in person with your team or had you been working remotely from home to begin with? Oh, we, we'd been working in an office and then we were sent home the week before um, the rest of the city was sent home. So um, I'm just kind of living that life now, although and I miss my- Have you been able to, do you have the same type of equipment at home or are you finding that the office had most of what you needed to continue your work through animation? Um, well, we, we've done a lot of like computer generated animation and After Effects, so I have a laptop for that. Um, we did a project earlier this year where I did kind of live animation, but I was, they were top down shooting on a table and I was drawing on the table and I had a, a little paper figure that I was moving around. So that one, it was a lot of collaboration between me and the person shooting with the lighting and stuff. So that I can't do at home. But for the rest of the, like, I also do layouts and the rest of the animation, like, I'm able to do that the same. Uh, Kristen, what about you? Have there been uh, large or small impacts on you and your work? Um, well, it, it, it is a lot of my, um, work over the past really 20 years has been teaching as well as animation production and of course that's very much impacted and as a new resident of new york city i was extremely disappointed to find a great connection with um a school in brooklyn where i was going to literally two days after the two days after the schools closed i was going to start a series of workshops with them so i'm i'm disappointed about that of course because i really love the teaching um in terms of my personal work which for the last five five years especially has been very focused on independent projects um, it's actually given me more time the other aspect of how i've been using the time is that i have a 25 year archive of content that i own that I'm now um, gonna, I'm exploring ways that I can make that available to parents who need, who would appreciate assistance now while they're homeschooling with additional resources to support the, to support the animation. A lot of it is um, exploring science with art and uh, the natural world related. So I'm excited about that opportunity. Um, just trying to stay sane why all this is going on <laughs> right are you finding that animation is is more in demand right now um, this is a question for both of you um you know i'll, I'll just chime in with a personal I, I i work for a video production company within a larger financial services organization and we went from being um you know an an important but kind of supportive uh, team to being front and center because now everybody needs video. Everybody needs 
um, ways to stay connected and to, to communicate. And I'm, I'm curious if you're finding that there's um, more demand for the services that you can provide. And, and my team, like, um, because we, it's, we can't send people to go film things, like we had set up a center in New York and we can't have the same people who are used to doing video production do those things. So it, we've been using animation and some illustration more just because we, we don't have good pictures of these things because the people that are actually out doing that work, their first priority is not taking a picture or right. doing video and that's also background. Um, and then I, I have been getting like, I don't do a lot of freelance work now, but I have been getting people asking for freelance work because that's a part of production that can still go on. Right. No matter if you can leave your house or not. Right. And yeah, and I, I am very interested in connect because again, because of um, being uh, recently relocated, um, I am still establishing those freelance connections and very interested in helping people, especially documentary um, filmmakers, uh, because animation is such a great way to explain things. Mm -hmm. So do you feel that maybe this will kind of give a boost to the animation industry or to animators like yourself? Because, you know, do you find that there's a perception that animation is really just for kids? And maybe now, because you guys are able to produce work uh, where other people can't, do you think this is really gonna bolster the animation industry or animators like yourself? Or do you think that it'll just go on as business as usual? Well, I think there's, you know, animation and commercials and explainer videos have been very popular for a long time. So I think it's, you know, I happen to focus on, on content for children, but I would say most animators don't. You know, most animators are also broadcast designers. I mean, Carrie's a, 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 the, the great one to answer that too, because Carrie, how much of your work is really uh, children-centric? None of it. Um, yeah, and the, when I started making animated documentaries, um, I, w I think it's becoming more and more accepted after like Waltz with Bashir and Persepolis. Mm -hmm. This is a, a valid method of storytelling that's not necessarily about children. Um, mm -hmm. And it's also like if you have a recreation, it's you know, similar to having an animation. You're not seeing what actually happened like by the people who actually did it. So I, I think it's becoming more and more accepted and this this will just continue with that, especially as I mean, people. More accepted is appropriate content for adults. For adults, yeah, definitely. I think in other countries, it, it already is. It's yeah. like America, I don't know, maybe Canada, it's, it's starting to catch up. Mm. And you both, actually are, are working on uh, autobiographical or personal projects. Uh, is that correct? Uh, um, Kristen, with your City Birds project and uh, uh, Carrie, I know you, you just finished, I don't know how recently, but you have one documentary and you're in the midst of a second one, uh, which may not be autobiographical, but, um, but personal. Uh, I think we're seeing really deeply personal work in animation and, and you're both exemplifying that. Uh, I know that's not really a question, but I'm just curious if you um, have thoughts about how the world of animation is continuing to expand in this, in this time and in this art form. Well, I, I think 
Carrie will agree with me that telling personal stories is really important. And the wonderful thing about being an artist and an animator is that we can tell our personal stories in a way that doesn't <clears throat> necessarily um, involve a production team to do that. And so there are some advantages. So City Birds um, is basically finished and I'm excited about sort of, it's not a sequel, but part of the same idea of city trees and, and weaving uh, a personal story and memories of childhood and science facts about how important trees are in an urban environment um, is a thread that I want to, you know, continue in other projects as well. Yeah, I am. Uh, my documentary, sorry, my documentary, Black Enough, I, I finished a, a few years ago now. Um, and that was, I also played the trick where I had some live action interviews, but I'm never on screen because I don't actually particularly like being on screen. Um, and I found the animation was a way to tell a fuller story and tell emotional background of a story more than I could do just sitting in front of a camera. Um, and my, my current project, Inner Wound Real, is about uh, people of color and self-harm. And that's, that's also a thing that I don't want to show, but I want to like tell more of the emotional journey for that. And so I think animation is a fantastic way to mm -hmm. breach certain subject matters that you wouldn't want to see in live action. Can you tell us uh, how, what was your access way into animation originally? Uh, have you drawn since you were a kid or like was there a certain um, something that sparked your interest in it initially? Me? Um, I've, I've definitely drawn since I was a kid and I definitely grew up watching animation and cartoons but I never thought I could actually do it. Um, so I went back to school for graphic design and then I, that's when I first was introduced to the computer program After Effects and I was like oh you can mm -hmm. animate this. <laughs> um, so that kind of opened up the possibility and lately I've been doing more stop motion and different things like to get off the computer because I'm on it so much. Mm. Um, and I've just kind of, it's opened up like, oh, you can animate with almost anything. Like I animate with my phone a lot, um, mm. which is a much more mobile way to do things. Wow. I, I, just out of curiosity, how do you animate with your phone? Do you have apps that are? Uh, there's a really cheap app called Stop Motion. It's like $5. Oh, yeah. And I was like animating dirt or leaves or fig pits um, and I you don't have to be in a studio you don't have to like lug a big piece of equipment around so it, it lets you be nimble. Wow so do you have a storyline with those or it's just actually the motion and the animation that that is what's intrigued you and, and inspiring you to create them? For those, it's just the motion, because like I'm, I'm sure you do a lot of storyboards, especially if you're working with a client, and there's a lot of like thinking out process and figuring out what's going to happen before it happens. But I, I um, did a residency last year, and I just wanted to like just play. So then I was, I have this stuff. It's going to move. I'll figure out a story if there's a story, and that just really kind of opened up and made me. Because sometimes I. I love animation, but sometimes I also dread it. And then it's like, oh, this is just bringing like fun. What about you, Kristen? How did you get started? Well, my my background is in fine arts, and um, I was a, a a fine artist, and then realized that designers made money. This was all pre-computers, <laughs> so um, 
for, fortunately for me, I realized that I, that I enjoy, I really loved computers while other designers were digging their heels and saying, I'm never going to do this. This is like, you know, seventies or something. And, um, but then I realized sort of as Carrie, when After Effects became a viable product and it was possible for a small business to make an investment in a computer system to do what post houses were spending $100,000 to do. And I wanted to make my art move, so that's how I started. And um, somehow very early along, I realized that it was content for children and I was very fortunate to make a connection with um, a wonderful producer at HBO Family. And that really, in the work that I did for them, that really sort of set me on this trajectory. And um, so that's, that's sort of how I got there. But didn't get, you know, I'm envious as hell now. I go, I'm going to so many events at um, uh, School of Visual Arts and I think, oh man, you know, it would have really been wonderful to actually study animation in such a wonderful academic environment but <clears throat> there's so many there have been so many resources along the way and uh it's so um i'm happy with with how i got here and what i'm doing yeah i think i also like i didn't i never formally studied animation but i picked up a lot of stuff off the internet and it's yeah, yeah. it's nice that like of many things that you can learn on the internet something to do with a computer is probably the best thing to learn. On the, <laughs> the resources are, are phenomenal. They're just absolutely phenomenal. Do you have any that you would recommend, say, to people now sitting at home that are looking for ways to pass the time or maybe interested in animation to kind of get them started? Well, lynda.com, I think, is a great resource. Um, Skillshare is another resource I've been using. Carrie, which ones do you use? I like Skillshare a lot. And I think I, I even took a course at um, School of Motion, I think. Yeah, I did too. I took a course at School of Motion. They're, they're, pricey. they're very pricey, but. They are very pricey. They also have like a bunch of free um, tutorials that you can, yeah. so that, that kind of helped me get into it. And then I was like, yeah, yeah. let's share resources with friends. <laughs> yeah, and then also like I'm, I'm part of a, um, animation group uh i'm forgetting the name of it right now sorry oh ladies animated short screening but anyone can join um and i like sometimes i'll go in there with questions and a lot of them have a formal background and then they'll they'll explain things to me or like even how to rig a physical puppet um paper puppet someone showed me in a meeting so i was like people are very what what's the name of that organization uh, last ladies animated short screen screening because okay. usually every year we have a screening and we all work on films and we critique and it's just very helpful to like have other people who know more than you are just interested in your progress um, to kind of be motivated well along those lines are you know how are how are you both finding ways to stay connected in this socially isolated time that we're living in? It, you know, you mentioned kind of networking groups or um, industry groups that might be one way. Are there other things that are helping you stay centered and motivated and sane during this crazy time? Well, I've, I'm a member of Women in Animation. Are you also, Carrie? Uh, not officially, but kind of. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I've, I've met some wonderful women there, um, including um, among many Ashley Gerst, who's been um, very generous uh, as the collaborator in terms of getting feedback. And that's really um, what's made a huge difference. It's been animators, but also scientists and other educators and other producers just reaching out and saying, take a look and tell me what you think. And that's made a huge difference. Because it is very, you know, my business model has always been the artist in the studio and it takes a certain personality to do that. You know, because it is, you know, you gotta be very focused and, and self-motivated. Yeah, I feel like animation is, tends to be a very isolating practice, by yeah. especially if you're doing a one-person studio or you're freelancing on your own. Um, so it's many hours on computer without people. But uh, part of um, LAST and then also a Diverse Filmmakers Alliance, we critique. And then during this time, I've been doing uh, grocery relief delivery for um, people in my community. And that's been a way of like me not falling into a pit of despair sometimes. Mm. <laughs> and then I have a meditation group as well. So like, I feel like sometimes I'm like, okay, plenty of connection. Let me get off the screen and just, <laughs> I don't know. Look. So. That's, that's awesome. I heard this, I heard this great thing the other day, someone, I can't even remember where was saying an artist's superpower is they're never bored. And that's the thing about, you know, when you can create all the components of your work that, you know, I have 10 times as many things to do as I have time to do. Um, that in and of itself doesn't keep me sane, but it's nice to know. Yeah, I definitely like, yeah, never bored even <laughs> when I'm, I don't want to animate. Let me cook. Let me draw. Let me sew. Like there's, I never wants to do. Hmm. Kristen, I'm curious because I know nature is such a influence uh, in your work and such a passion of yours. Um, are you finding ways to stay connected with nature? And uh, even though we're more tend to be more homebound right now. Well, <clears throat> I, I'm walking every day and I can, I'm very careful masks, gloves when I could get them. Um, and I'm 10 minutes from the Bay in Bay Ridge and I can go down residential mm. street. So I'm really not interacting with that many people, but, um, and I was very fortunate when I first got here to discover the nearest botanical garden. And I've been volunteering there for the last year mm. and we have a vegetable garden there. So yeah, I get, and, and Al's head, um, is an incredible resource to spend time outside. So. Yes, I mean, that's one of the, that's sort of the beauty is that, I mean, nature was here first and the city came up inside of it, but, you know, um, it's still there, you know, and it'll be here long after we're gone. <laughs> well, thank you so much for both of you. This has um, been a great conversation and we really appreciate you joining us. Um, Although we have to end our conversation now, our listeners can learn more about both of our guests today and connect with them online and via social media. Uh, Carrie's website is maroonhorizon.com and you can follow them on Instagram at maroonhorizon. Uh, Kristen's website is kristenharrisdesign.com and you could follow her on Instagram at 
and I'm going to spell this out, A-N-I-M-8, N-A-T-U-R, as in animate nature. Um, and I'll include both of those uh, social media handles and websites on our show notes so people can take a look at that. Um, so thank you, both of us, for joining us. And yeah. good luck to you during this crazy COVID time. Yeah, thanks very much. Yes, and wonderful to talk to you. And nice to have a chance to talk to Kiri. Yes, nice to meet you also. Well, now you guys have each other's contact information so you can take that conversation um, and run with it yourselves. Yeah. But thank you for all the sharing the resources and you know your personal stories, but also uh, I just think you've shared a lot of great resources with our listeners. So really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, NYWIFT members, your podcast needs your stories. Our Women Crush Wednesdays podcast brings you informative interviews and discussions on women's issues in the industry. Now we're inviting you to share stories of your own. We all learn from shared experiences, from the successes and the failures. Every director, set designer, makeup artist, screenwriter, publicist, editor, gaffer, and animator has a story. You know, the one you tell your friends at parties. Like that insane time when your outdoor shoot got swept up in an unexpected hurricane? Or how you played detective to find the perfect subject for your documentary? Or how a burst of inspiration came from the unlikeliest of places? Give it to us, the good, the bad, and the ugly. To share your story, send an email to communications at nywift.org. Write it down or record yourself on a smartphone voice memo app and forward the audio file. Please keep written submissions under two pages and audio submissions under five minutes. Each month, Janine and myself, Leah, will choose one or two to feature. You can use your story to promote yourself in a current project or names can be kept anonymous to protect the innocent and the guilty. Also, feel free to contact us if you'd like to be interviewed or to suggest a topic discussion. Don't forget to subscribe to Women Crush Wednesdays and share on your social media. Thank you so much for listening. Don't miss any Women Crush Wednesdays episode. Subscribe today and share with your friends and colleagues. For more information on all the great programming and services from New York Women in Film and Television, go to nywift.org. That's N-Y-W-I-F-T dot org. Follow us on social media with the NYWIFT acronym and contact us at communications at nywift.org with any feedback, topic recommendations, or interview suggestions. Thanks and have a great day.